when you're in the pit is when you're the most open, the most humble, the most vulnerable, the most broken, and the most in need of answers, right? So I think that's a great time to build players up, but also getting to understand, like, in order to be confident, you usually have to go from in your comfort zone to out of your comfort zone. Welcome to the Jamodi Podcast, where we interview coaches and leaders to find out not just what they do, but how they do what they do. Becoming the best version of ourselves is Jamodi, just a matter of doing it. Today, we are joined by current ESPN college basketball analyst, Brian Burton. Brian has 15 years of coaching experience at the junior college, D2, and D1 level, including six different D1 schools. He's the Rising Coaches DEI Vice President. Brian is the founder and CEO of sports media, management, and consulting companies. He's also a basketball consultant for coaches, players, and programs. Before we hear from Brian, take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media at Jamoti Podcast. There he is. Let's see if I can get this Bluetooth going. Ah, we don't need to. We'll go no Bluetooth. You sound good. Um, excited for this old uh, podcast. <laughs> Tell me about it, man. I, I beat you down. I've just, I've just, I, I never stopped hounding you, but that's the sign of a, of a good player is persistence. That's the sign of an elite leader is that's what that <laughs> elite leadership. Elite leader. Uh, sorry, or I just. Sorry I did not get on sooner. It was probably about the craziest time in my life, but. Well, you know, you become an ESPN analyst and, and now. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome, I, by the way. Congratulations, it man. You, it's exciting. It is definitely, definitely exciting. This whole world has been exciting, man. I'm, I'm enjoying the life. The second chapter. Yeah, I, I get to say that I knew you, you know, back back when, back I get way, to say way that before. I get to say that I played with you and that you played at Baylor and I did not and that you're way cooler than I am. And you wrote no, a book. I don't know. You wrote that, a book. I appreciate that. I don't know if the, the playing thing is like, I don't think that'll get you any street cred anywhere. I don't know, though. Baylor's national champion is different. The old Baylor, like, no, get you nothing. That's right. They're, na- they're national champs now. There were years when I would say I played at Baylor and people would like smirk, you know, or yeah. Why (laughs) Why did you do that? (laughs) Why? But now, are you proud of that? Now when I tell players, they're like, oh man, like coach must've been able to play. And I really don't want to tell them that, you know, we only had six, seven players on our team. And (laughs) that was a wild time. So playing time wasn't hard to come by that year. That was was a wild time. But man, thank you so much for giving up your time. I do know you're busy. And so, but I appreciate you doing this with me. Yeah. Glad to do it, man. It's a teammate right here. Got to do it. What's your favorite culture building activity? Ooh, this is a good one. Um, Favorite culture building activity. It, you know, the fun part about these questions is like if you ask people at a certain time in life what they would say then versus what they would say now, mm. I would say, so my wife is now a high school volleyball coach. She's a former collegiate volleyball coach at two different universities, Midwestern State in Texas and Newman University in Kansas. Wow. And she was a – she's – going to be in the hall of fame at her division one she played at colgate she played softball and volleyball and has like records in both she has the rbi record she's big time she won a little league world series in 97 like she's a stellar athlete like not even close so <clears throat> she's in a category of her own so she's coaching now at a high school 
And we've had some of these conversations about team building. And to me, I would say the best culture building team team connecting activity is however you do it. There's a lot of ways you can do it, but the sooner you can get people to share vulnerability, mm. the more connected you'll be. I think attack sharing fears out loud in front of their teammates is so powerful because it sheds light. The faith part of me, okay, comes out and it sheds light to darkness, right? Yeah. And so when you put light on it, it's not as scary. And then when people can encourage you in it, it's not as scary. So I think those things kind of make you super tied in when you can really get vulnerable about something that's either already happened to you or something you're going through or something you're afraid of now. Um, and when the coaches participate too, mm. that's important because it can't just be player, 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 player. Uh, and I think secondly in that is a culture of celebration with some of that I stole from uh, some of my past stops, but more so even from PGC. Right. I'll give them the credit and, and, and the snaps on that of celebrating people in front of people. And I actually did it way back in the day when I had a AAU team just because I felt like it was missing from my playing career sometimes. So we would talk in circle and acknowledge other people in circle because there's power in hearing it in front of your peers when you know it's going to be positive. It's very yeah. cool to receive that. So I think that those two things I would say do more for building trust and building like we're in this together really um, than just some of the more surface stuff. I think the deeper you can get, the better, the faster, the, the more you get to really know what you're dealing with. Yeah, I think coaches need we need to be intentional about learning ourselves, learning about players' stories, right. but even more importantly, them learning from each other's stories and being able to develop more understanding as to why we guys react a certain way, kind of maybe knowing more of where they've come from. And and you said something about like fears, things like that. It's even better when it's not about basketball, because I think we're right. guilty of Right. So many things with culture that we do in, in basketball or teams being all about sport. Right. But you're right. You can get deeper when it's beyond that. Yeah, you hit on something I left out. So the three parts I would say is addressing fears, celebrating each other, but learning other people's stories. Like you said, it's basketball and not basketball. And I find myself now, the more I connect with people, is just trying to learn their story because it gives you so much more context for where they are now and even appreciation or understanding or compassion and those things you just especially in teams we have a guilty habit of just like assuming that this player has it all together because they're a good player and they get this kind of recognition or that this coach has it all together because they're at this place now you see the finished product almost you don't know what went into the story to make it there and when you know that story and it helps people connect too like man i had something like that too or, oh, this happened to me too. So then it makes those people on the team more connected. And I think the more connected teams we all know are the ones that end up going to another place that you can't get to if you're not connected. And just to piggyback, I think what's important too is to, to be intentional with doing it at least once, but you'll to do it more and often. Right. And so we we have a – and I got this from TJ Rosine. Rosine, he's a PGC guy. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he has Tough Tuesdays. 
And so my guys know that after some type of ball handling that we do, we're going to partner up with somebody different every week. And you got one minute to share something tough that's going on in your life mm. because you just nailed it too. We, we, we assume that everybody else has it together, but us. And the moment that you hear from a peer that they're struggling with something that is similar to you, there's right. freedom in that. And, no, and yeah. knowing that someone else might know exactly what I'm feeling and going through, I think talking about culture uh, and togetherness, man, that, that helps a ton. Yeah. I think when you really think about what we all hope to say and good teams say, and even not good teams say sometimes is like family, you break in this, you have this family atmosphere and you say family, but if you think about the great families, dynamics, high level families, they do have that closeness and they do have that, and that's what makes you not just the time together, but the hard stuff and going through it together and knowing that you're more or less going to be supported and not judged and you're going to be uh, encouraged in that is so powerful for creating that family. So I think, yeah, culturally, if you can do it consistently, even better, even yeah. better. You mentioned uh, about celebrations and, and I've been with PGC as well. And, and we we even snap at faith and it's got you you would love this walking down the hallway it's gotten to the point where snapping has become almost a greeting where we see really? each other from far away we say hey good to see you good to see you. it's more like yeah way farther but uh yeah and now other other students and other sports are snapping at faith i've never asked them to but they just do it but like it. we 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 use the a culture of celebration quite a bit and i i found that uh after a tough practice the you know you and i and probably how we're wired we want yep. to address all the negative things that mm -hmm. we just saw in practice Preach. but Preach. what i've been able to find and you probably can too is or have seen when i ask the group hey what are some good things that you saw what were some celebrations that you have from practice today i get to hear the player's perspective mm -hmm. and when oh, i'm wow. hearing them talk the good thing about the good things my whole perspective on practice changes and yep. i think that that helps the players as well no doubt no doubt i love uh i love the snaps i also love the celebration because sometimes what you think people would celebrate is not and when you hear the players perspective on celebration it's like wow they got that you know or we're even my my kids are so young it's hard to do it consistently but we try to do it with our kids at four and two just getting them to talk about, hey, what are you proud of for yourself for mm. what you're doing right now? Just so it becomes something where they can take more ownership because the world we live in is so critical and we always, human nature is focused on negative. Oh, I got to get better at this. I'm not doing this well enough. So to actually celebrate along the way, and it can't just be celebration all the time. Obviously, there's a balance, but That's right. to celebrate is so important and it's something we don't do enough. And if you see the culture, even of, college basketball now I can't speak for other sports but college basketball people are celebrating locker room wins more than ever before before a coach would never get doused with water unless you won a championship that's right but now it's a common theme because it's so hard to win games and you have to almost make it and it, the cool part about social media is it's almost made it where because it's a thing it's a thing and now it's a part of the culture where people celebrate wins more where before oftentimes a coach would come to the locker room after a win and talk about what could have been better mm. instead of like, Hey, we won the game coach. We can get to the other stuff. So no, I, I love uh, the concept of celebration. We've even brought it to like our life group here that we we're in as far as church and just 
what I'm learning outside of basketball is bringing cultural successful things to other pockets that are not necessarily a team that's competing. Cause I don't coach a team anymore, yeah. but I'm a part of a lot of different organizations or things, but people aren't used to celebrating. So it's like, again, I just, I just think it's such a big thing. And then also to acknowledge people and for them to celebrate themselves is really hard because people aren't used to doing it, you know? And then you also find that when people celebrate across the way, you never would have thought that person would have thought that or said that. And there's so much that people receive from that. The Jamoti podcast is powered by Sideline Interactive. Sideline Interactive is the leading manufacturer for high quality, innovative scoring tables and LED video display boards that help coaches and schools bring more excitement to fans, create huge fundraising opportunities and make their jobs easier. Visit sidelineinteractive.com to check out their amazing products. What's your morning routine or favorite daily activity? Ooh, I love these questions. It's the good stuff. Um, my morning routine is a little crazy because it revolves around a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a nine-month-old. So the routine is never quite what you want it to be, but it usually consists of making them breakfast. Um, it usually consists of praying with them. It consists of uh, some type of praise music either on the way to school if I take them to school or while they're eating breakfast so try to have as much happiness to start the day and then try to make sure we're keeping first things first with our faith either by prayer together we should try to pray as a family before we leave the house even if one of us isn't leaving or some of us are um, just try to make that culture of you know connecting with with our faith uh, a first part of the day do my best to do some devotional time, whether it's praise music, whether it's reading scripture as best I can. I'd say that's one of the favorite parts of the day, just because I want to keep first things first. Yeah. And I think it's so easy in the world of busy to not think that we need that. And I think I finally got into a place in my life where I've surrendered enough to know like, hey, I need this. Not I want it, not as cool, but I need this for me to be my best self and do your will and not my own. So I think that's probably one of the coolest parts about the day. And then I try to do, I'd say something else is cool. I just, I try to, I'm getting better at this. So this is my new thing. My new wave is picking two to three people a day to just send a voice note to, not to call because then it thinks you have to answer. And then voicemail, some people check, some people don't. So I'm getting better at this new, like, I just started probably a week ago of just like holding the record button down, giving them a one minute whatever and then just leaving it so i think i'm in a place where i want to make sure i'm serving more than i'm receiving and it's harder to do when you don't have a team um because that's an easy place to know you can serve especially when you're an assistant coach yeah because you're constantly in that mode of serving your head coach serving your staff serving your players so i think just making sure i'm um yeah just putting out positive and encouragement and acknowledging people because you just never know what people are going through. You never know if people need to be seen. And I think I'm so used to that as an assistant coach trying to juggle so many guys like mental psyche and their performance that now that I'm not in that space, just making sure I'm doing that with my family, my friends, people in my circle, people across the way. Um, even sometimes we see people on social media and we give a like, but we never actually tell that person. Right. So yeah, I think what yeah. I'm getting better at is just taking time out, like I said, two or three a day, just 
one minute, like leave a leave a quick voice note, acknowledge it. Hey, man, I saw this really cool. Congratulations, whatever, and keep it moving. I love that. And and just that little nugget right here. I know the rest of our talk is going to be good, but that that's exactly like what I'm why I'm doing this is because there's so many great, great leaders out there, uh, influential people that have these amazing routines and or, or, or are so successful and intentional. But right. like the whole tagline behind this is it's not just what you do, but how you do what you do. And so yeah. you wanting to impact people every day. Awesome. That's great. How right. do you do that? Right. I love the two to three, the, the two to three people and, and using that voice function, because that's even I do a Tuesday text with my players. Yeah. Current and past every Tuesday, they're going to get something. But it is the same text to everybody. It's mm. not it's not personal. And I think gotcha. I think going one step further with that would be uh, with them would be huge. Yeah, I think for me, I, what I keep learning and I keep challenging myself, and it happens this way in marriage. You're obviously you know this life, so like I think sometimes it's easy with the people that love us the most to just think like you get a pass, which you do, or just to think you're good. And I think I've even re-energized myself in my marriage. This is where it started, honestly. Um, I just re-challenged myself to do 40 days in a row of videos to my wife that are at least three minutes about something that I love about her, right? So this is how it started, I'm going to be honest. Um, Because we were just having some little small, like we have great in nine out of 10 categories, but there's like a category and a half that just was becoming magnified. And the perspective for me wasn't where it should it should be. And I just wanted to change the energy. And I'm like, all right, I need to challenge myself discipline wise to do something to just change our energy. Cause sometimes we condition the people we're around because of how we interact with them and not on purpose. But we either, small example, like she may say something and I may not give a reaction that's inviting. So now she feels more closed off on that topic. So then the next time, if I do it again, well, slow, slowly but surely, you've conditioned this thing that you didn't even know you were doing, yeah. right? So I think for me, it started there and challenging myself to be a better husband because that's the place I want to be the best at in life, more than a coach, more than a businessman, more than a leader, anything else like Man of God, husband first, father next, right? Because if I'm a great husband, the father part will kick in because of that commitment, right? Um, And so it started there. And then when I realized there was like this audio button that I could use, I never really used it really, to be honest. And people send it to me, I'm like, it's kind of weird. But um, yeah, I just kind of got into a groove with it. And I'm like, you know what? This is a cool way for me to make a personalized acknowledgement. So even like Thanksgiving, I probably did way more than three. I did a a lot of them, but it just made it where my, sometimes the text is, it's hard to, it's hard to be as specific in text because there's so much grammar and things like you want to make it, you want to make it look good. You don't want to shortcut it, but it takes time, you know? So I think for me, it just helped me condense time and something I really wanted to do and be effective at and, so yeah, I'm 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 excited about it. I've had a lot of fun with it and it's been cool. And it's like you said, it's personalizing the fact that it's a voice thing too. Yeah, so they get to like, I was gonna say it's the sweet thing. spot between yeah, having to type out the text, but then having to get on a call that because to be honest, we don't have necessarily sometimes we don't have time for right. three, five to ten minute conversations on the phone. No. 
in addition to the face-to-face conversations at our workplace. Right. So I, I love that idea. Very good. Yeah, thank you. It came from above. It wasn't from me. <laughs> <laughs> What's one of the best things that you borrowed lately? Ooh, another good one. Another good one. So I'll, I'll go parenting on this one. So I would say I've stolen to, and I think I've been good at it at times, but I think I've stolen to make sure that I don't get on the phone when I'm in the car with my kids as best I can, right? Unless it's really important, I do the best I can to, so my kids go like 20 minutes away for school every day. So whether it's to school, from school, and what I've stolen is that that's a time that's like a sacred time that you get to almost like locker room in a sense. Like you get to have a conversation with undivided because you can't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And you get to listen to their day. You get to connect with them, sing with them out loud and be silly. And I think it's just a time for them to be seen instead of like, hey, we're transporting from one place to the next. So, yeah, I stole that one and it's. I stole it a little while ago, but it's been such a norm for us now that um, and sometimes it's even like using my phone to play a cool song that they that will put them in a good mood when they want to cry and break down in the backseat. Right. Because mm-hmm. kids are tired, they're hungry, whatever. So I think if I would say a good one, I've stolen it. It's been really good because before anytime in the car, it felt like, well, I can be on hands free. I can get some work done. I can do this. And I think that that 30 minutes, if I say that this is a priority, then my actions have to reflect that. So uh, God has been checking me on some accountability things lately, which I embrace. And I think that's been a really good one, uh, even with my wife, just to not be on the phone as much, not text as much, just trying to connect in conversation. I think it's a great reminder uh, for, obviously, if you if you have if coaches that are out there, have kids and they're traveling with them, to use that time and, and beware of all of the fillers or fluff that can really be, I mean, we don't get that time back. No. And, and so you're, you've, you've found a way just to remind yourself to be intentional with that time. But then, and then here's another way to look at it too, is uh, even if you're an older coach and you're, you, you have that, everybody has that drive time for the most part. I mean, very right. rarely are you living right next to the, your, the place where you work. So you have that time. How many people are using that for, to, uh, to better themselves right. or to enrich their lives? Or do I have on uh, 105.3, the fan, and I'm right. just listening to them blast the Cowboys. Right. And, and right, I'm right, in right. this angry mode too, if I don't understand how that could happen right. or do I listen to a podcast? Do I listen to the two chapters of the Bible? Do I listen to a sermon? Do I listen to coaches right. and better right. myself and make that more of a mobile classroom instead right. of what it can be for most of us, which I'm guilty of quite a bit. That's just dead time that I'm wasting. Right. It's kind of like get from point A to point B. Um, another one I've done kind of like for the first time I've done this more too. It's just like, don't have anything. If it's just me, no phone, no devices, no radio, no, just like literally be in silence. Cause we very rarely are we ever <laughs> in silence. Never besides sleeping. Exactly. When are you ever? Maybe in the shower. Maybe. Yeah. If you don't put music. That's yeah. about the only two times. Like for me, those are, so I just got figured out, like there's been a few times where I've been in the car and I'm like, I just need everything off. 
Mm. And just like I just need to be able to process and just be still, you know, and just allow myself to not be busy because our day is so jam packed and we're always trying to maximize time or we're just unplugged where we're watching the TV or we're doing something that we enjoy that's entertainment that helps us stay refreshed. Yeah. But I, I've found that that for me has been another thing. And I don't even know if I've stolen it. I just have implemented it just because it's a great reminder. So much stuff going on. It's like to be still and have quiet. It just allows you. It's almost like going on a run, if you will, mm-hmm. and not having music and just being in that space um, or working out. But most of the time we have music. So it's like it takes that other part of our brain. So, yeah, I, I've, I've done that here recently quite a bit. Uh, it's not a lot of times I'm in a full car by myself, but I've tried to do more of that to just be still, let your brain just run and go where it's going to go and, like, not have stuff. Yeah, because I, I think of this, the shower time. Uh, isn't it amazing how it, those are the moments when you think of something that you needed to think about. You answer a question or solve a problem that you really right. needed to solve. Yep. And But I think there's other moments. I. I'm thinking of all the drive time again, just listening to the radio or listening to something that isn't building me up or, or making right. me a better person in any way. Not adding value. Not adding value, but I could just use that time to be still. Maybe that's a time for God to speak to me in some way or right. and, or, or for my own brain to have the ability to work through some stuff. So two two or three great nuggets there, man. Not bad. Really <laughs> Not bad. Not bad for the retired uh, college coach. Not bad. Yeah. Coaches. The Jamoti Podcast is powered by Biology. What's your BSA score? The Biology Skill Assessment is the only verified skills metric endorsed by the NIA and NJCAA to discover and develop the best talent for your team. This 10-minute, 100-shot test can be taken for free today on the Biology mobile app. Elevate your game. Uh, What are opportunities for learning or growth that you've recently found? I think the part is growth is like, so I'm in a different lens space now, but I have the context. So I'm not a college basketball coach now, done it for 15 years, over 17 years. So almost 20 years of my life. Uh, and I'm not that, that's more than half of my life so far has been in that. And then you count the playing time. I mean, it's your whole life, you know? So we have this lens that we experience things in and then we unplug and now I'm doing so many things kind of in and around the game that are not coaching that I think the opportunity for growth has been to not bring in my preconceived or my own experiences to what I'm coming to, right? And really try to be open to hearing and learning, like, how does this coach do it? What are they about? How are they, you know what I mean? And not so let's say broadcasting, for example, not trying to project my thoughts about basketball onto the broadcast and only mine. Like obviously, there's going to be some of mine in it, but I'm doing as best I can to actually connect to the programs um, that I'm broadcasting for so that I have more context for their story. Yeah, making it about just, them. Yeah, them. not just my interpretation of their story or what I see in that moment. So. I think this is another way for me to serve and really serve there. So like the first game I did um, a couple of weeks ago was a division three playing a division one, right? And they're playing on ESPN plus. So it's a big deal for this division three. They don't play on ESPN plus and it's in state. 
So there's people going to be watching it. And so there was a couple of things that were so important to them. And I, we played phone tag probably for, I don't know, four or five, six times. And the guy could have been like, he could either not wanted to get with me or I could have just been like, all right, whatever. I, I tried. It didn't work. But I was pretty adamant, like in recruiting, like, hey, I'm going to get this guy on the phone. I'm going to get this information. And so two cool parts about that was like he told me after the game, when I called him after the game, didn't have to do that. But I wanted to acknowledge his team because the second half, they really competed and played well and encouraged him a little bit and just talk about, you know, his team. And then he said to me that uh, the their AD and their vice president acknowledged him, how excited they were about the broadcast because we brought up things about their school that celebrated their school and told their story, which I thought was really cool. And then he acknowledged to me, he said it meant a lot to him for me to continue to pursue him, to connect with him, to be able to give him that opportunity for him to look good on his campus and with his people that he didn't want to just make it about his basketball team, but about the school. So it's like stuff like that. I would say just like not coming in thinking like, Oh, I'm this or whatever it may be. Just, learn people's stories, meet them where they are and give a chance to honor what they would want to be told and, and be open to that instead of just like, well, they're not doing this and I think they should be doing this. And if they're a good team, they're doing it like, it's like, I mean, you don't really know that though, you know? So right. I think I think the part like, you look at Baylor, for example, who we talked about before, no one would have thought when Matt Samuel was playing for them that years later that they were going to win a national championship, national no. championship, there's no. no way. And I worked at Abilene Christian. Nobody thought when we made the move to Division One that they would go to the tournament and let alone go to the tournament again and beat Texas in the first round. Like these things that we think can't happen, we put these boxes on our mind. And I think for me as a coach, when I experienced college basketball, one of the hardest parts about college basketball as an assistant coach sometimes is that you are kind of putting these boxes, right? You're kind of – well, you're responsible for just this, and you're responsible for just this. And until somebody gives you an opportunity to do more, well, you're going to stay in this little box. And you almost think of yourself as this, well, you're just a recruiter, or you're just in charge of this, or you're, you know what I mean? So I think, I don't know, I think I probably took a little bit of that and said, how would I want somebody to treat me in this way? And try to hum humble myself enough to not make it about me and just like, let me learn. Let yeah. me still be a student of a new craft, of a new school, of a new place, and not just think like, oh, because I coached all these years, I know what I'm talking about. It's like gives you credibility, but it doesn't help you learn this craft or that school. And I think you're right on the money because as, as you were talking about that, I just start to go back to the hundreds of games that I've listened to. Right. And where there's sometimes where I just am so – I'm enjoying – the connection between what I'm visually seeing and then right. what I'm hearing. Right. And I'm learning more about the teams, the programs, right. the coaches, uh, the universities, and, and what they have coming up, what they've gone through. Right. And then there's those times where, and it could be with very credible people, right. names that you know, that right. I feel like this is just about him. Right. And, and you're right on the money. I think there's a fine line between I want to know what you think and what you see because of your experience. Right. But it can't be the show. The right. show has to be the players and the coaches. I don't know. I just jumped to a connection between us as individually as coaches with my own team. Right. It, it can't just be like, honestly, dude, my, my players don't care that I played at Baylor. 
They don't right. care. They don't even right. know how bad we're. They weren't even born, you know, at right. this point right. now. Uh, they, they don't care about that. They don't care about how long I've been coaching. What they care about in that moment is, do I know their stories? Right. Do we have, am I organized? Do we have right. a plan in place that is going right. to give us the ability to be successful? And, and do I really believe in them? Right. And I think you just hit it. I think we can take what the story that you've talked about in your lens now and use that in coaching still. Right. And I think it's like sum it up in like a word or two or phrase, like, do you see me? You know, do you see me? And then do I respect that you're going to help me go where I want to go? It's really as simple as that. You know, like people talked about Steve Nash and I thought like Steve Nash is going to be a, a really good NBA coach. I thought so. Highest IQ you can possibly have as a player. As connected of a leader as you could be. But he's going to see those guys for where they are. He's not going to make it about him, but he's going to be able to add value to their game and to, to how he approaches it. So when you can add value and you can see people and respect where they are, it just goes a long way in any business, in any yeah. field, I think. So going back to a little bit of when you did spend so much time in coaching and you've also, yeah. you also played for a while, so you've been around a lot of coaches. How do you how did you build confidence in players? Yeah, that's a good one. I think uh, I think and even doing it now, I still do some player development stuff. I still work at some some of the camps here and there. And, you know, I'm always a, I'm always a teacher of the game and I just I can't stay away from it. So um, and I love the individual time to help a player develop. So for me, developing confidence, a lot of it is about like where you are now and where you want to go, and then, like, helping them understand, even though you want to be here, like, you can still be great. You got to be great here to get there. You know, it's like helping them see the roadmap, I think, is a huge part to give them confidence because it unlocks some of the pressure that they're putting on themselves. Like, I'm not there yet. I'm not shooting this. I'm not doing this. So Love I think that. that's – so I would call it, like, zooming out. Yeah. Sometimes we're so zoomed in to right now, and this workout is like, Hey, zoom out. Let's talk about where you've come from and how you got here. And then let's talk about like where you're going. You got a similar journey that you already had and you've already proven success. So I think sometimes that's a big thing for me is helping them understand the context of where they are to where they want to go. Um, that's a huge part for players because they struggle with that because they're just thinking about the zoom in right now. Um, so collegially, that was a big thing for me. And then I think also just getting them to understand like where their giftedness is, is, is a part of being confident is like, you know, again, so in college you find you have these high level high school players, essentially, they were the best player in their city, their state, their area that, you know what I mean? They, they've won all these awards, their identity is basketball and they really haven't most of the time had like tough stuff happen to shatter that identity. Well, you get to college and there's 13 dudes on scholarship yeah. and it gets real. And it's not just about how talented you are or what you did before. That got you here, but now you have to start over. It's, it was the entryway to get in. So even getting them to understand that is half the battle for freshmen because they just think like, well, I'm just as good. Or I'm, well, remember when you were a freshman in high school? Were you better than the senior? <laughs> I mean, maybe in some ways, but you're doing that again. You know what I mean? Even though you're so proven now. So I think just, again, context and then um, getting them to understand their giftedness uh, is really important, in my opinion, because 
there's a difference between skill and something that you've crafted over time and hours and hours and hours of developing at a craft and something that you're just gifted at. You know, some somebody who can run and jump um, like a Sean Marion back in the day or I'm trying to think of some guys from Dallas so I can give some Dallas shout outs. Um, but I mean, obviously, you look at LeBron James or, or Giannis, like those guys are gifted vertically, athletically, that's different than most people. Right. Russell Westbrook as a smaller guard is gifted in that way. So I think understanding people to get them to understand what they're gifted at and then, hey, this is your skill levels over here or your IQ is over here. Like get them to understand the difference between it instead of just thinking like their overall talent. So I think that's another thing for me. And then uh, because confidence can come from you just having success before, and maybe you don't really know how you had it, you know, maybe you don't really. So breaking that down. And then I think lastly, um, finding ways for them to, uh, again, go back to their story and celebrate themselves to bring that, to them to know that, hey, you can get through this. This is hard, but you've gotten through hard before. But also just, um, yeah, just finding ways to, um, so I guess two part. One is just give them success that they can build confidence on, right? So like, let's say a guy's a shooter. You were an elite level shooter. There's times where you just hit a wall and you feel like you have a block, right? Like I can't make shots and you're in your head. So just finding ways to get them to be in the gym and have success. So don't do the hardest drills first. Sometimes you got to do some of the easier ones, right? Yeah. Like success breeds more success and let them feel good. And then you stack on top of that, you know, instead of feeling like you're doing the same hard drill and they used to be great this, but they're not. And they're measuring themselves versus their old self. So find a way to let them have success again. It's so important for players. And your job as an assistant coach in college is, these guys have to perform, you know, your job is to help them perform. And it's not even about the plays or the, it's just about like helping them get out of their own way most of the time mm. and unlock that. So I'd say that's one. And then the second one is um, I think for players like in a development sense and they're in this uh, development model, if you will, like there's usually that part where like you come in and you're confident and then you fall off a cliff and you struggle and like you're in the pit, they call it. And I think that's where I did some of my best work and still do with former players and players is when you're in the pit is when you're the most open, the most humble, the most vulnerable, the most broken and the most in need of answers. Right. So I think that's a great time to build players up, but also getting to understand, like in order to be confident, you usually have to go from in your comfort zone to out of your comfort zone to get confident at something else. Right. So you got to get uncomfortable. But after uncomfortable, then comes comfortable. OK, now I'm comfortable with this. And then now you can get confident. So I think it's usually a process like that. To, you have to be willing to push them out of their comfort zone. It can't always be feel good. Yeah. Because if you know you want to stretch them to a greater place and it happens so much with the guys in college I work with and even kids now that either want to play on varsity or want to play in college. It's like, yo, this is what's coming. So you can stay in this little safe comfort zone if you want, but in order for you to get confident, you got to get uncomfortable first. You got to let it be ugly and explain that to them. This is where you are. You're in this ugly part. But once you kind of get comfortable with it, with the reps and time, well, now you can be comfortable. Now you can settle in and be like, all right, I'm all right with this. And then from com comfort grows confidence. And I think that goes with anything. So long answer, but 
I think it's a complicated question because yeah. in college, from my experience, that's one of the things I think that I had a lot of challenges with as a player and didn't have the guidance mm. and guessed and checked a lot and failed at that a lot yeah. uh, and finally kind of figured it out. And I think the same goes for life. Like sometimes we're navigating this thing and it's like people are not as confident as they may seem. So I think just figuring out confidence in general, whether it's athletics or life, like I wasn't married before, then I got married, I was out of my comfort zone. I didn't know what I was doing, right? I didn't live, I lived in Texas. Now I live in Colorado. It's not my comfort zone, right? So there's like, there's a process before you can get confident. So yeah, yeah that was that's what I would say. No, it's good. I, I want to go back to something you said early on about, I love how you said uh, helping players to see where they've come from. Because I think that's a part of the process that players forget quite a bit. Yeah, They get to a spot and they're frustrated or they think in this moment that they've earned more or they should re receive more. And what I've felt in the past is, what about, guys, the gratitude you know, to yourself, the, the, the thankfulness, the appreciation? Right. Because do you remember where you started? Right. And even though you're in this place now and it's not where you want to be yet, yep. don't forget that journey and those steps. Because I think so many times we get a player and this is where they are. And we talk about, well, these are the steps that it takes to move forward. And that's a right. part of it. But that part of looking back in your journey and being able to, you know, puff up your chest a little bit about the accomplishments that you've had, that's a part of confidence is remembering yep. those yep. past victories for sure. And remembering the past challenges that you've overcome. You're faced with challenge now, but you've been faced with challenge many times before. And you've done it before, you'll do it again. That also feels like, you know what? Because that success breeds success. I just think there's more mental that goes into confidence than just seeing the ball go in. Yep. Because it's the time you spend by yourself in your own head, the rest of the time you're not in the gym, that that's the valuable time. You got to give them something that they can connect to that that helps them stay fueled, if that makes sense. I mean, to me, when I when I think of a, a great player who just oozes confidence, I immediately go to Steph Curry. Mm. Uh, and and so if, if you were to break him down, what makes him really special? One, that you mentioned he's gifted. I would yeah. imagine he'd be a great dart player without having to practice very much because right. of just the ability to place an object where he wants to place it. There's a gift there. But then you take into it the struggle. A lot of us know his backstory, you know, right. the struggle that he had to go through and, and, and how much time he spent on his craft. You combine those two things within this ability he must have mentally to just believe and know, either right. based on real experience or even just relative experience, right? That I can do this. I, I would love if we could just somehow get inside his brain and hear his thoughts as he's coming down the floor before he's about to do something I just think that would be incredible right I think he's I think he's not given credit for as gifted as he is oh he is very very skilled and he's put the time in his craft, he's an outlier but he is gifted like yep. we think about like his height and size like oh anyone could do this like no <laughs> Anyone can't do that. It don't matter how long, how hard you work. He has some get real. He can throw that dart the same and his, way. And his accuracy every time. Yep. So, but I do think to go to your part about uh, 
confidence. The last part I would say is teaching players where does confidence come from. And I got this from PGC. Shout out to PGC again, even though they're not sponsoring this podcast at all. I wish they um, would, but no. <laughs> <laughs> trust me, I've had those conversations. It's not easy. Um, but I say that and say that uh, Dina Evans used to talk about this, and Dick Davinzio, who you also worked under or co- was coached by, camp. Yep. Confidence comes from two things, and then I kind of added my third. So one is preparation, which is part of what makes Steph so great, right? Mm-hmm. His routine, his regimen, like if you asked him about his stuff, elaborate, detailed, he knows what he – you know what I mean? So that builds a lot of confidence when you put in the amount of made shots the way that he does it uh, and ball handling. So that's one, preparation. The second one is what you daydream about or what you think about all day. And I never understood that one as a – then, I didn't say never. I didn't understand it as much in this power and how much we have these thoughts that go on all the time and what are we seeing during the day and are we thinking of focus on the negative? And she gave the great example Dina did of, like, Dina Evans at the time would make 9 out of 10 and she would think about 1 and Kobe Bryant would make 1 out of 10 and he would think about 1 also. So there's this, it's what are you focusing on? She would focus on the one she missed. Like, I should have made that. I knew I could have made it. I could have got 10 to 10. And that's like what she's constantly feeding her brain and her body and her subconscious. Uh, so that track is just playing like an un- like unclosed app on your iPhone, right? It's just playing in the background. And Kobe's just thinking about the one he made. Like, yeah, I did that, you know? It's just a different mentality. So whenever you focus that intentional energy, so I think getting players to focus more on both you can't just show up to the gym and be good, man. Like, you got to put the time in. Yep. You don't put the time in, you have no chance to change your confidence, right? And then the second part is if you put the time in, but all you're focusing on is what you're not and who you aren't and how, you know, whatever's happening that's negative, that's not going to grow either, right? So you're, you're counterproductive. And the third thing I've added is just success breeds success. You have success. It can breed more, but it also can be an ugly monster because you can have success and think you've arrived. You can forget. And I think you said this earlier, you asked this earlier, like about a routine or one thing. One thing I'm at in my life right now is like, I feel like I'm in that place as a player where like, if you're having success, how do you make sure you're staying to the formula of how you got this success, right? And not just focus on the success. You appreciate that. Um, so my part of my story is I transitioned from college basketball. My wife and I lived in seven different combined cities in our first three years of marriage. Right. Get that context. (laughs) So my wife for the last two and a half years has lived in my mom's house or her mom's house. And I've lived in the same, but I had an eight month span where I coached long distance from my family. Right. So context is. We went from living in a basement to now having our first home that we have no business in. It's all like this God story, right? So I say this to say, um, last year I'm in unemployment in the basement, like so many doubts, fears, all this stuff going. And now I'm on this other side where this this house has happened. We just hosted an MTE event, which was really awesome, uh, Division One tournament and it had success and ESPN broadcasting happens and all these things start falling in place, right? We're doing these businesses on our own and we're having success with them. And God is like, but how are you going to stay? How are you going to keep this formula going? And part of the formula for me is like making sure that I'm needing him, one, yeah. 
Secondly is giving back. How much am I giving my time back to make sure that I'm sowing those seeds of humility and paying it forward and bringing the next person up? So every day, like that's part of where I got the message to sending people is like, how can I make sure that I'm humble and I'm still doing the formula that got us here? Yeah. And I think it's the same thing with confidence for my confidence to be good in what I'm doing now as an entrepreneur. And I don't have a company that's just always going to pay you every month on time, no matter what. Um, and I'm doing kind of these random collectively good things, but they it's not one place. So it's a lot more challenging to have confidence in it. And it's new. So yeah. I think the same thing goes for like when you're a player is not getting away from the formula once you do have success and start feeling yourself and patting yourself on the back. Coaches, the one thing that every team needs is confident shooters. The last eight years at Grapevine Faith, our teams have averaged 354 made threes each season. I love getting to share with coaches how our shooters train and more importantly, how they think. If you would like to enhance your shooting culture at your school, contact me directly at jamodipodcast at gmail.com. So I know uh, probably as a coach, you were pretty active with social media and now yeah. even especially maybe even more in, in what you, all the, those jobs and things that you're doing now, how, how can, so instead of just how do you use social media to enhance your program, how, how should coaches use social media to better their players, better their programs? Social media is such a tricky space, right? Like, there's kind of this over usage yep. in some aspects and there's kind of this under usage. And then there's also this um, consumption that can happen with it, right? Like over consumption or over. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I think coaches, well, I think for one, I think it's an amazing opportunity more now than ever to tell your own narrative, yep. right? To let the inside of your program. And, and I guess the biggest thing I would say is like, be authentic, even though social media is not built on authenticity, right? Social media is built on all these other algorithms that really don't honor authenticity. They honor all these other things, right? And so there's an element in the time to still do some of the things that can fit in the space and still be authentic. But I just think you have to show up and be real, be authentic, and let people inside of what happens behind some of the closed doors, whatever you feel comfortable with. But I think the cool parts are that you can celebrate your players more now than you ever could before. Yep. Um, and you talk about confidence, like that factors into some of these kids' confidence, like getting acknowledgement from the program. Some of the weekly stuff you do in off season where a kid gets to hold a belt where maybe he was the most competitive or the toughest guy, or he did the best in boot camp, Like, there's ways to honor the star and guys that aren't stars. I think that's a cool part too, is like honoring some of the guys that are doing some the stuff behind the scenes. Yeah. Whether it's a story of like, hey, this is his story of how he got here, you know, um, doing a special feature on him and having somebody else do it, but you put it out from your your, you know, maybe somebody else in the department. Maybe you guys don't have the time, but somebody in the athletic department can record it. There's a film student on campus somewhere. Um so, yeah, I think that's cool. I think the coaches being able to share more about the mic'd up experience at practice is cool. Um, I think uh, I, I think there's 
it's a fine line. I just think everything should be authentic. I, I saw one program doing this recently and they don't have maybe as big of a media market, but like after a win or a loss, like the, the guy, the SID or whoever just records the coach talking for a minute and a half, not long. It's not a press conference. They don't have press conferences there, but he just gives his own take on what happened in the game. And so it just gives you more of a chance to control your narrative from your your point of view and not letting the masses kind of dictate what's yeah, said. create think, it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Duncanville it. high school has probably done as elite of a job as any um, in the high school realm of taking their program that was already becoming elite when they first, when PV first got there and they obviously they have a storied history, but I think PV has made and their program has made it cool to play at Duncanville, not yeah. just because they win, but because they also cover and they have, uh, they do creative things with their social media to celebrate their players, to celebrate their culture, but to tell their story. And it's not like, oh, well, you can't do both. Well, you can do both. You can win at a high level and still celebrate your program and share. Yeah. So I think it's a fine line. Uh, that program comes to mind in high school because I don't know if it was as I don't know if it's perceived as this cool in high school as maybe it is in college. College is more of a part of the production, if that if you will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've kind of made it a part of the production. Um, so yeah, I think those things are cool. I think anytime you can create positive moments and share authenticity, it's a great thing. Yeah, I, I love the idea of using it to celebrate the entire program. And because the, you, most teams will have those one or two guys that they're getting noticed or celebrated from other medias. But right. so you obviously want to, it's that balance. You want to uh, uh, recognize them, but still bring something to the, the other guys that right. may not uh, uh, in basketball get to a different level. So and I love what you said too about being able to shape the narrative because yep. after a win or a loss, uh, especially from the on the coaching side, you know, from your, yeah. I believe as as a coach who, who does his own social media, but then the programs as well. The program needs to be all about the players and all about uh, uh, what's happening, and but almost more of a objective yeah. view. But yeah. then what I can do is piggybacking off of that pro, that platform, shape what, like you said, bring people in a little bit. You know, after a loss. Right. I think what most people would think or believe is that as a that coaches are just so frustrated, bitter, angry, right. and right. searching for answers. But I think what happens most of the time is, especially when we give ourselves time as coaches, we realize we're closer. Our team is closer than right. what it appeared, and right. we're moving in the right direction. And when we get to show that or voice that, then you're right, like, whoever's watching, if it's even just your own players, right. That will allow or allow them to let that loss go. We're going to learn from it. We're going to be better from it. Man. Coach just said that. Um, I think I, I listened to a podcast years ago. I don't even remember who it was. And he just said, if you're a coach at any level and you're not using social media to enhance your program, you're behind. Yep. And I don't want to be, you and I are competitive. So yep. I don't want to be behind in anything. Yeah, uh, so I started to try to do that for wherever I've been. But I uh, love hearing from you know your perspective from the experience you've had with college. Um, I love hearing that. Yeah, I think it's uh, 
it's a it's a cool space to be able to do. It's just there's always a balance, but I do think you can acknowledge players that wouldn't get the acknowledgement. You can celebrate that, and you can celebrate to piggyback real quick. You can celebrate past players and other things around it. You can celebrate community service. You can celebrate an alumni who's somewhere. I think one thing that's cool with junior colleges right now, what they're doing is celebrating their guys that are at four-year schools and honoring when they play well or whatever. And it's kind of a cool thing to keep up with them and them still feel a part of the family. Them still, they're still being celebrated. Uh, I think U of H in particular comes to mind. They celebrate their alumni really well on their social media uh, to, to honor the people, not just Elijah and Drexler, who everyone yeah. knows. Yeah. They're celebrating people that, so I think those things are cool when you can do that and then, and, and just let again, people inside. And I think, if I would say one last thing is just like letting people know your program is about business and does have standards, let them know the inside, the character of your program. But also, man, if you can have fun with your social media, it makes it where players feel like it's not just all business. You know, I think that's a part of like life. We got to be able to have fun while we're striving for excellence. What's one thing you would do differently if you could start over in coaching? Pretty simple for me, man. I I would be much more convicted and and take the time to figure out who who am I as a coach. And sometimes you don't know that young. You're just trying to find your way. But I think the sooner I could get to, like, who am I? What am I about? Even if I don't know all of my coaching philosophy, just who am I as a man in coaching, right? Who am I as a person? Because so much of this competitive world can be defined by wins and losses yeah what other people think what opportunities you think you're going to get and I think I had a time where I was good at it but man I think I got a time when I was lost you know I think so many I think so many coaches too especially starting out we're not we're not thinking about who we are we're thinking about how to emulate the coaches that we've had or been around yeah and so it's way more about okay this is how Coach Bliss did this. Right. And so I'm going to do it this way, which, you right. know, depending on who, emulating a guy like Coach Drew, it's going to put you on a good path. Right. You got to make sure that uh, wh- who you're trying to be, one, it's, it lines up with who you are and your character, mm. Mm, but that great. you're not just following the footsteps of somebody that you've seen do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think the same thing was parenting, coaching leadership period when we follow other leaders we just naturally take that and if we don't do the introspection and the tough work here's another one I stole recently of where does that come from so that question was asked to me uh, at life group after we finished we're having a conversation and the person I was talking to is a pastor's wife and she's like I'm starting to ask more and more where does that come from not so much like where does that person come from where does that idea come from in my head that I do that like is this coming from just a habit or just something I picked up or is it actually coming from a place of truth and something that I really want to do or am I just subconsciously doing this and I think the same thing goes for in coaching we just do what we've seen and we've been around and it's like well, wait a minute do I want to be that guy I'm being that guy I said I didn't want to be this guy and I'm being yeah. that guy so I think for me it would be just trying to figure out or earlier putting more time into who I am in coaching, not so much my philosophy, offense, defense, that stuff can evolve. Yeah. But who am I inside this industry? 
and then having enough conviction to just stay true to that and then knowing that I can align with people that are like that. But sometimes you think that doesn't exist. You know, you think like, well, I have to do this because that's what the business says. And I don't know, I can't speak for high school. I've never worked in high school. But the college level is so intense and so transactionally driven yeah. and perception driven. And it, it's a it's way more of a beast than people know. I will say that. And it's 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 like no in the industry because there's such an immediate winning mindset. We have to win now. We have to get the next recruit. We have to win the next game. We have to win every, it is every day. There's not a day that goes by that doesn't feel like there's urgency for the next practice game, whatever recruit. So which that urgency will, will drive people to do things that right. normally they wouldn't do, or if they already don't have a moral, the moral compass mm. to keep them straight anyway, yep. it is. It, I mean, you've seen it and I, I experienced it, uh, yeah. you know, it's a little tough. bit. It's tough because the, there's so much money involved. We're being blunt. There's yep. so much money involved. Yep. Salaries, TV deals, um, tournament, and there's so much money that can be made if you do, if you are that team that gets lightning in a bottle and takes off. So yeah, when money gets involved, it just gets crazy, you know? And then you have this celebrity culture of sports, sports center, social media. Every win you get, public knowledge. Every recruit you get, public knowledge, every loss public so it's you're constantly in this public figure everyone's looking to see well how's he gonna handle this how's it? so you're not a, you're not a celebrity and you're not a pro athlete but there's such a celebrity culture within it that also makes it where yeah you can get lost in it man you can yeah. get lost in it so i think for me it would just be to get rooted sooner and know that I wouldn't want to waver on certain aspects of who I am and what I am about. And yeah, it's, it's tricky because you don't know that though. So it's like my advice to people is that, but it's hard to know at what point you can really like put your stake in the ground. Cause you feel like sometimes, well, if I do this, if I make the wrong move along the way, I may not get that big break, you yeah. know? So I think just staying true to yourself. I think that's probably the biggest thing. Knowing you can stay true to yourself honor who you are, who God made you to be, and still have all the success you want to have, it just may not – you may not be able to see it, but that's where you got to trust him. Yeah. That's what I would say. All right, the speed round, man. I've right. known you for 25 years, and so – but I'm going to I'm gonna even know you better right here. Yes, you will. Yes, all right. Will. I used hey. to be fast, actually, with my feet. I'm not anymore. So this <laughs> – you, you can still shoot, though, because you could always shoot it. True. This is true. It can still go in. That's right. Uh, favorite ice cream flavor? So Dairy Queen Blizzard vanilla with M&M's. Wow. That is specific. Uh, for high school, shot clock or no shot clock? Shot clock, absolutely. Needs to happen. Texting or talking? Ooh. Uh, do I have to pick one or is it like scenarios? <laughs> no. The, well, here's there, there's like a, a an answer to that I, I found. If, if anybody was to ever ask me this question, I would say depends on who. Yes. Because that, that's the answer. If it's my mom, I better answer that phone call. And yes. get a, if not, I, if somebody, I'll just shoot them a text. And I will say this. The thing that uh, sometimes with this younger culture, you can't have serious conversations on text. Like, you can't have business conversations. Like, 
you can't say I'm not gonna work there anymore and you're sending a text. You can't break up with your like don't do that. Yeah, there's a don't code, there's a, there's a standard that says, like, hey, I have enough respect for you, I'm gonna call you. Like, that's probably the thing. Uh, so talk or text, I'd say there's a fine line of who <laughs> and and what's the situation. But yeah, I am more old school to like want to interact with people yeah. on the phone. Uh, favorite holiday? Hard not to say Christmas just because it's just all about giving. I used to be about receiving at Christmas. I'm much more about giving now. Um, I just think the season is cool because there's – basketball on television uh there's um there's this sense of like it's cold outside so we want to stay inside together yeah and family uh, together yeah, the, fam- yeah. the familyness together i think thanksgiving just happened i mean thanksgiving did just happen thanksgiving just happening it is cool but christmas feels like it's a longer holiday yeah like people in general the world kind of shuts down more so you get more time with the people you love. So it's less about just like the tree and all that more about like you get more time with your people during Christmas. So I think I would have to say Christmas. It's good. Invisibility or super strength. Visibility for sure. If you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? I don't know if I would go to a period as much as I would just like, I'd probably really like to, meet martin luther king nice um i definitely would i don't know there's a part of me that just would like to see like the whole jesus story like yeah maybe not, maybe not like i'm hanging out with them but just like be like behind a tree just like wow that really happened you know? <laughs> <laughs> like uh those two come to mind uh more than anything two more how many cups of coffee do you drink per day I am not a coffee drinker, so I'm a zero guy. I, no, and I have energy. I what have do you do? Natural, crazy energy, okay. anyway. To be honest, good, good for you, man. Uh, yeah, I don't really do. I do coffee some. My wife's an avid coffee drinker, so every now and then, I'll sneak a uh, you know something in, but definitely not like a, a thing. And I don't have like a Red Bull, or I'm not a. I'm really just like a let's go guy, you let's know. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes my players are like, "Coach, you can't be like that. It's early in the morning, man. Like it's six. Like come on, yeah, just natural, man. I don't know." Last one, probably the most important: Godfather or Star Wars? Godfather, yeah. Star Wars, I appreciate, but yeah, we got to go Godfather on that. Hey, man, uh, this is awesome. Yeah, I just, thank you I, for having me. I loved getting to connect with you again. I've just been been really such a fan of yours uh just over the years getting to watch and see how you've grown and the places that you've been but man, i really appreciate your time and and uh you're awesome yeah thank you man thank you i love what you're doing i love that you're doing this of all people always looked up to you as a teammate seeing what you did at baylor wrote a book uh i love that you're coaching where you're coaching because it's important and needed and uh i love that you're now spreading your wings even more and i'm being summoned by my kids it's time to open up. So. Hey, last thing before the, before you go to them, uh, what are some things that how can we uh, support you? What are what are some ways that uh, we can connect or people can? I know they can watch your games, you know, listen to you on yeah. your stand, but what else you got um, going? Yeah, so much to got going. Uh, so the easy starting point is the social media for myself is at Coach Burton13 uh, on Instagram and Twitter. So that's always easy. Um, 
websites for some of the businesses or all of them are coming. They're not here yet, okay. but that's the easiest way to start is just finding me on social. Um, and then the games I broadcast is North for Northern Colorado, their home games. It's on ESPN plus. And yeah, I'm kind of in and around and associated with a lot, but we have an all access network, which is kind of a media network podcast that we cover all levels of basketball, which has been really fun. Uh, we had over, over 200 shows in season one and over 400 guests, which was insane. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah we had 11 million views, whatever that means. Um, so that was fun um, and still is. We still do that weekly, more or less, uh, during the season. And then uh, my wife and I started a company where we worked together to do uh, basically help people have more success. You know, that's the whole goal, uh, teams, organizations. So we uh, it's called Uprise Athletics Group. And so you can we do events, we do uh, development and consulting under that. And then uh, I have a scouting service, believe it or not, where helping schools kind of figure out who out here can still play and do their thing. And so uh, that's called All Access Recruit Scoop. So, yeah, I'm staying plenty busy. I'm having a blast. Uh, I wouldn't trade it because you get to impact a lot more lives on this side, man, which has been yeah. fun for me. Awesome, man. Well, I'm proud of you and I keep doing everything you're doing, man. Yeah, thank you. Look forward to doing it again. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your fellow coaches, and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti Podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.